Welcome to Making It Without Faking It, where Chris LaCherity and James Angus attempt to point out the importance of being relational and authentic through true life stories and experiences. Welcome to episode two. You're getting really good at that. <laughs> Radio voice <laughs> and face. Yeah. So uh, what's going on? We lots. had a big big day today. We did have a big day. Some photos. And pulling in the mind. Yeah. Uh, but good. I love the action. Everyone's pumped. Yeah, I think everybody's getting geared up for, even though we had those, those uh, the news yesterday that the interest rate went up again, but everybody's kind of gearing up for the, the spring market. And uh, I know I'm excited. And uh, your mortgage professional that you like, like we've had here last week, Derek, um, um, he sent out a great email today. I don't know if you saw it, but he, like some of the, he's saying that the fixed rates are actually going down considering everything's going up, which is interesting. Fixed rates going down. Yes. Yeah, so I think everyone's been anticipating this. I don't want to jinx it in case it's not true, but this final uh, raising of the interest rate so yeah. that it plateaus and then starts to go down. So I always thought even if there was talk of a plateau uh, or, you know, this is the, this is it, then things will improve. It's, it's the, it was the uncertainty of how high it's going to go. Yeah. How many times have people reminded you of what it's like in, was like at one time when rates were super high. My mom especially, she was like, we were, our first house we paid 20%, 20% yeah. interest rate. So, you know, like, and people pay that on their, like obviously you wouldn't want to pay a 20% interest rate on a home now, but yeah, it's it's constantly brought up that, oh, do you remember uh, in the 90s when it was, you know, 18% or, and I was like, no, I don't remember that. It was a little before my time, but yeah, it's, it's nice to see that, uh, here, like you said, hearing that at the end is near as far as the rates going up. And it, once that discussion starts happening, usually it's been pretty laid out for us already. Like everybody expected another 0.25% raise yesterday. And uh, yeah, I think that, that we're on the right track. I think everybody's going to be, and especially if you see a fixed rate that's actually lower. And it's funny because it, without 20% down is the same as if you have 20% down. Interesting. Say again. So if you don't have 20% down, you're still getting a fixed rate at three years for 4.89. Right. But if you have 20% down for a five-year, you're getting 4.89. Right. Yeah, we talked about that at the meeting. Yeah, but that was in the email that he was sent out today, uh, just sort of stating, just for example, right? So yeah. so maybe not having, you're not buying a second property unless it's, you, you don't really need 20% down Really, I guess if it's a rental property, you do, but you, you could get away with not doing it, right? Yeah, it's always worth asking because as Derek had uh, told me before, um, mortgages are packages, so you never know. There might be a package out there that suits your need. Yeah. Uh, but next time someone says that to me about the 90s, instead of just feeling gloomy, like I always do, there's nothing to do but feel bad. Oh, geez, that's scary. What would happen in my life if that happened? But next time someone says it, I'm going to say, well, you should have bought more real estate. Yeah. Yeah. That's Spin what they it. should have done. Absolutely. Prices would have been down. Exactly. And they would have eventually dropped in rates and Yeah, you're getting a single home for 140 grand. Yeah. Now that's a dan yeah, that's your down payment now. Exactly. Yeah. Um so like I thought we'd talk like 10 important business objectives because it's sort of a an interesting topic. Um cuz a lot of people don't go out with a business plan and I thought that, you know, we I'd sort of pick your brain a little bit and maybe you could pick mine, but so the 10 that I have, we'll go from one to 10 is profitability is number one for your business, right? You bet you need profit if you're running a business, right? So you thought of that? 
Oh, uh, I think about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> say this business, this brokerage, yeah. I'm still yet to see the profitability. However, when I uh, feel lousy about that, people remind me it's it's your first year. So I think, yeah. yes, that's important, but it's also probably wise not to focus on it too much in the first little while because you got startup costs, you liability, and you rent it, and you, you're recruiting people. you got to get them rolling, all yeah. the expenses. So... I think it's a goal yep. as opposed to a, maybe it should be a number 10, but I haven't heard the rest. Business <laughs> objectives. Well, maybe that, maybe I'll go, okay, the first one I said was 10. The second one is productivity. Yes, favorite yes. word. Yeah, productivity. Nothing's going on if there's not productivity. <laughs> That's right, customer service. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what we are, a customer service-based industry uh, yeah and i think that this is a like a kind of a generic business objective list but yeah that's a employee retention mm-hmm. yeah absolutely not detention building a business being relational not transactional that's right pulling from yeah. episode one there. that's right you were yeah waking up waking up warrior after worrying right yeah. uh, core values i think that's important to me personally yeah um growth maintain financing it's always good. That go, kind of goes with profitability. Uh, change management, um, if, it, if it needs to be changed. Marketing and competitive analysis. Nice. What, do you, what do you think of that list? Uh, competitive analysis. So constantly. Yeah, not analyzing your, your, your business competitively, like as far as what's going on with other businesses and mm-hmm. um, seeing where you're at. But like you said, we're still pretty new, so. Yeah, it's hard not to do. I, I think in some cases it's unhealthy, you know, but yeah. in, in other cases it's a must. It's hard to compare us to our mothership because they're 100 plus agents. Yeah. But they couldn't be more supportive. Of course. Me. Yeah, no, it's not. I, th- I think it's not the the purposes. It's just sort of a funny 10 list that's sort of 10 important things. Is there something you would add to that list, do you think? I saw something this morning when I first woke up, you know, when the guy on Instagram walks up to someone who has a fancy car, the guy had a Panerai watch and he said, excuse me, sir, can I see your Panerai? And the guy showed him reluctantly and then he said something about his wife's Rolex and he said, if you don't mind me asking, what do you guys do for a living? And the guy was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and he said he owned a flooring business and she said she was in real estate and he said, um, do you have any advice for uh, our listeners or our viewers? on how you got so successful. Like, what's one thing you would say? And he said, uh, stay positive, which sounds kind of... It's very simple. cliche, but yeah. But all morning, I just reminded myself to stay positive. It's, it's pretty good advice. Really is. Yeah. really is. Like, going back, like, even last week when we talked about it, waking up is a, is a win. Just talk, start talking about your days as little wins, little victories, and, you know, waking up is one, and then being the ability to get out of the snow this morning because we got crushed with snow and then having a nice photo session today with everybody and getting some nice energy from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's staying positive. is good. I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, have you ever heard of the, uh, the, f- the fire method? So if you ask, say you meet somebody for the first time you're doing an open house, um, or say, say you're just meeting somebody and there you kind of, you're discussing it. Uh, basically, so the fire is family, interest, recreation, and employment. So you always ask, you know, uh, how many are in your family, right? And so you kind of, it's a good opening question. And your occupation or your employment, you always ask what you do for, what do you do 
do you work from home or do you work outside of the home? Obviously, everybody's been working from home for a little while. Um, you know, are you busy at work? What do you do? You can follow up by saying, what's your background? You know, like. So where's the I in there? Income? I didn't get that. No, that's, well, interests is the, oh, is the, uh, interest. okay. yeah. So gotcha. what do you do for outside of the home? Oh, okay. And when you're working, are you, li- you got to be listening to me when I'm asking. I'm just kidding, Chris. <laughs> Derek just walked in. The room. Oh, he threw you <laughs> off, eh? And he probably came to get his shoes. Um, recreation. So what do you do for fun? Uh, and then, you know, dreams, which is more, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you be? Uh, if the follow-ups needed, why is that? So where would you live if you could live anywhere in the world? Mm, I like change. I have to live there the rest of my life. Like this is it. Uh, well, it's up to you. It's the question that you can answer it any way you'd like. There's something about like uh, Monaco. Yeah. South of France along that whole. Casino Royale, the movie like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could see myself. You deal with that. Yeah. I need the um, bank account to go with it, but yeah, that lifestyle appeals to go me. to the F one race every time it comes through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a that's not a bad spot to end up. Um, why is that? Why would you just because of the lifestyle, kind of like that that feel of just looks beautiful, um, lots to do. Yeah, just uh, I think you wouldn't. You, I don't think I don't think I'd get bored. No, I wouldn't either. To see and and I think no matter who you are when you're there. Someone will have a longer yacht. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. That's the crazy thing about F1 is like it's such a rich person's interest, right? It's fascinating. Yeah. Because like going to these places like, you know, they obviously have one in Dubai and they have them in, in Monaco and they have one, even the one in Canada, they have it in Montreal, but it's really, it's done really big, right? It's one of the oldest races they've had. But yeah, I love the F1. F1's my favorite. That's for sure. Yeah. Better than NASCAR. Oh yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, this is interesting, these um, these uh, theories and methods. Yeah. Where did you learn them? Uh, I learned them from uh, different areas, but I certainly talk about buyer scripting with my, you know, my first mentor. Um, and he sort of painted a picture, but I always was interested in finding out people's personality traits. So there's different ways of, of looking into that. There's, you know, people... There's the color method, you're an orange or you're a green or you're a blue and and they're all different. But the one that I like is DISC. So, you know, you're definitely a D, which is driven, goal-oriented, competitive, impatient, result-oriented, and an alpha. Um, And then there's the I, which is optimistic, looking for the best, talking too much, hate saying no, very chatty, sidetrack. I'm a bit of an I, but I'm also a bit of a D. Um, S is stability, softer, slower talker, loyal, nurturing, family first, conservative. And then C is compliant, analytical, don't want to be rushed, introverted, long time to make a decision, and detailed. So it's cool once you kind of, I'm always focused on that because in our business I find um, learning about somebody and reading them is so important. That's why I'm a good poker player because I can figure out that you what hand you have without even. No, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to play sometime. Oh, but uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's sort of a cool way of. Uh, I find when you meet somebody, I can tell who what letter they are right away. You're a D. You're a D. Pure D. Um, you're driven. You're goal oriented. You're competitive. You're impatient. You're on alpha and you're result oriented. I wouldn't say you're impatient, but oh, imp- you're, you're yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, I didn't want to see and That's why I'm an I because I'm optimistic. <laughs> I look for the best. I talk too much. I hate saying no. I'm very chatty and I get sidetracked. Although I am super driven. I'm super goal oriented, competitive. Uh, I'm very impatient and I'm an alpha too. So it's, it's interesting. Um, when you meet somebody for the first time and the way that sometimes what they do with the, the colors, if you're a blue, you're very much the, the D. So you're very much a, you know, that's the, that's the lawyers, that's the doctors, that's the, you know, they don't want, they don't want you to talk to them about. And when you go in their home, you can tell cause they're, the colors are all white. They're all gray. They're all pretty neutral colors. And when you meet that person, that's sort of a, they call them a yellow. It's like crazy colors everywhere. They want to talk to you for an hour. Like you just have to really get good at, um, chatting with somebody, you know, and being in the bar business for so long as a younger guy helped because you kind of meet all walks of people and also work with all different types. But I think that, uh, you know, it's an, it's an art when you can, when you're dealing with two types in the deal. So say like, you know, you say you're a D and I think I would say Amy is more of like an S like a stability, softer, slower talker. I don't know. Maybe that's my, my, what I think. Um, but you know, when you're dealing with two types, it's very interesting to try and balance how you're talking to each of them. Yeah. It's interesting. I've never done any of that. Okay. I don't, but you're a good reader of people. So that sort of comes from, yeah, you've met a lot of people and been in different businesses. Lots, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think you can, of course you can be wrong. I no, mean, it's yeah. a good, it's a great uh, practice and I wish I, uh, have done it more in the past because I think you can gauge like, like an engineer not to insult. I know some great engineers, I find them a little, um, probably my least favorite to work with. Yeah. Because they're so, um, it's the details. Analytical. And yeah, my dad was an engineer and so was my brother. So my brother is a very much like, we, I remember when we were building a, just to get sidetracked on a story, but he, he bought this old cottage and it's a water waterfront, but it's like water access only. It was condemned, but nobody would look at it and say, okay, I can fix this. But it was a beautiful log cabin that was there before, but it was completely condemned. And um, he would be, it was so analytical in, in the way that he's an engineer. He basically did all the plans himself. And then I remember being up on the roof with him and we're putting on the steel roof and we've been up there for 10 or 15 minutes. I'm in flip-flops. We're 40 feet in the air. And he's measuring and measuring and measuring and measuring and measuring. And I'm like, enough. Like, you know, like that's enough. You got it. You know, but like you said, they're super analytical and they're hard to read because you could be in their home and they'd be, you could say, you know how you are. And I'm sure I'm, I know how I am. And I'm sure you're the same way. Like, like you walk in and you're a salesperson and, and you like say, what a beautiful lighting fixture. I love the, I love the quartz countertops. I love the kitchen. Is that Hunter Douglas blinds? Is this, the, you know, like you're going through your process and they're not, you, they're not even no, they're still stuck on the first thing. That's right. And analyzing it. And it's yeah, it's all about productivity. Uh, like you said, it's to me, I got to keep it moving. I got to, yeah. I'll even tell a story pretty fast. Yeah. You know, the two, uh, my sister won't like me saying this, but, you know, we're obviously related, but very different in many ways. And I could tell the same story. I'll, I'll race to the punchline. Yeah. And when it's because I'm her sibling, when she tells the story, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> it's taking a while. Yeah, but it's just she likes to create a picture and make sure you got it, and and sort of walk you through it. And she has your attention, and she'll keep it. And it's fine. No, no way is right or wrong. It's just everyone's different in how they approach it. 
Uh, yeah, I think that there's, you know, there's positives to that as a teacher, having that meant like if there were issue as a teacher, she'd be perfect because she's painting a picture and really explaining it well. Whereas you're trying to get to the point of the story and I'm the same way, although you wouldn't think that with the way I'm talking on this podcast so far, but uh, no, I'm just getting, you know what I mean? Well, I'm always trying to deflect the attention. People think, yeah. Amy, oh, you love the attention. Well, just because I have billboards everywhere, <laughs> I do that because I have to. Yeah, I, did put, I, really I did. I did put that there on too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it was like Louis joking. Oh, maybe I'm going to move the globe so I don't say China again. We'll just go <laughs> North America. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's interesting. I find that super interesting, like just personality traits, because you can sort of read a person as they come in if they're outgoing. You know, you we've all had those open houses where you're. I'm very, when someone comes to my open house, I don't, I just say, hey, how's it going? I'm James. If you have any questions, let me know. Have a look around and come contact me if you have any questions. And it's a softer approach because you don't know what personality is. Whereas if somebody, once I do that and then somebody comes right at me, I know what type they're going to be, right? right? Whereas if some people are really introverted and they're just like, I can say that. They will say, oh, hi. And then they'll walk around and they'll get a little bit more comfortable with the with the actual area and then I'll give them a feature sheet and so on and so forth. But I just love the, I love the, the traits. I think that people are all so different and yet they're all kind of, there are only four types of people. It's really, yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What do you got, Chris? Well, I was just thinking sales training is that. Uh, is impressive. <laughs> Mine was more. No, 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 no. I don't think that's like, no, I, I did a lot of this on my own, but definitely I did have a, a mentor and as did you, but you listen, you're at the top of the game and I'm get I'm getting to that point, but this, so I'm spending a lot of time pursuing. Well, I think these. you can always hone your skill. So I'm interested. I was going to say, um, some of my sales training was from, uh, again, going back to car sales. There was a guy on Vancouver Island where I started selling Mercedes and, he uh, had some ownership, I think, and was the manager of, in Victoria. And he referred to himself as Greg the Hammer Brady. Like, you hammer people into a deal. Yeah. And he would come and give a sort of a Glen Gary, Glen Ross speech in a way where your job's on the line. And ABC. And he would say, uh, <laughs> you know, you can sit around here and feel sorry for yourself and think, like, no leads are coming. But he said, uh, you can create an up. We'd call an up as a person that walks the door on the lot and then is it your up is it my up who's taking it so he would say if you sit around all day thinking you're going to get nut cancer you're going to get nut cancer so same thing applies if you think you're going to get no leads or ups that day no one's going to show up but if you manifest the up there's the up did it work i think so yeah yeah i think he had a point i think so too i'm just interested to know how uh how you felt about that after when you did start doing that did things start to turn your way sort of well, you're pretty optimistic, period. But yeah, yeah, I just liked his approach. It was no bullshit, straight to the point. Yeah, I remember um, a guy walked in late for the Saturday meeting, and you know how people make uh, excuses. Oh, sorry, in the traffic, or I slept in. And yeah, he's like, sit down. There's no like, there's no excuse. Just say sorry. No disrespect. Just sit down. Don't give us a reason. Yeah, like, there's no reason why you're late. You slept in. You slept in what? You were late because you didn't account for the traffic, and that always resonated with me. Yeah, no excuses, right? Yeah, we don't want to hear it. Yeah, you know, if you're late, you're late. Just don't make, don't, don't disrupt what's going on, and uh, sit down. But uh, 
um, yeah, he was just no bullshit. I like that. Yeah. I like that because, you know, some people would be scared of that, of course, but they wouldn't last. But yeah, it's, I think that having an approach and again, like I'm going to go into some different wording, um, and, and ways to do things, but, um, going into say you're late and you walk in and you, st- and you interrupt somebody speaking or, you know, having a, they're having a meeting and you're late for the meeting, just sit down and just don't say a word. And then just, and then at the end of the meeting when you can apologize then, right? Like there'll always be a time or just don't apologize and just go talk to the manager. Say those, um, I didn't mean to disrespect your meeting. So that's what you apologize for. And you don't apologize for being late. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, some, so some cool, words that you can and and maybe mindsets because that's kind of where we're going with this podcast i think is mindset is a big thing of it because i know i respect yours so much and mine is like all over the joint sometimes um but with uh pursuing low energy and attracting high energy is the two that i had written down um so uh, like basically what i'm getting at is so say say you take the word taking you know that's a low energy of pursuit right but then you go giving and that's attracting high energy and then superior and then equal having to choosing to pessimistic, optimistic, calculating, candid, cheap, generous, suspicious, observant, envious, curious, conceited, humble, resenting, forgiving, entitled, grateful. So like basically what I'm saying is like change your, your attitude instead of being a taker, be a giver, right? Um, do you, what do you like? Do you like that? You like that? Uh, what taker makes me think of people who take your energy. So yeah, I like that. And, um, I noticed that my mom's big in energy and as a kid, I didn't understand. Uh, but as an adult, I certainly do. And I recognize it when someone sucks the air out of a room or if, um, I can recognize it in myself. And one of the best practices, I forget where I heard it is if you're showing up to a meeting or a dinner or anything, pause for a moment. I find I'm always like, if I could just have two more minutes in life, because I'm always one thing to the next. Yeah. Right on time. Not late. If I'm late, it's a minute, but I'm, I'm just going from one thing to the next. So you don't, I don't get a moment to clear my head. But if I could remember this every time, and when I've done it, it's been uh, very useful. So if you pause as you're about to walk into a restaurant and ask yourself, you know, what do I want out of this? What's the best outcome of this meeting? Even if I was meeting you for drinks, Mm -hmm. I stopped and said, what do I want out of this with James? Do I want to live in the moment and have a few laughs and have like a really good time? Do I want to tell him that I'm raising his uh, rates 3%, which I am, by the way? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this would be a good time to segue that in. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. (laughs) I offer value, but anyway. (laughs) Um, I thought that was one of the best ways to really milk the moment for every drop, like really get what you want out of it. If you go into it in chaos and you don't know what you want, like you ever leave an appointment or, a, or a, even a social thing and it's just like, what happened? Like mm-hmm. Why did that happen that way? And if I can go back and do it again, this is how I would do it. So have that moment of reflection before you go in. It's like going to a, a public uh, uh, speaking event. Imagine you already bombed it, and yet this is your second chance. Yeah. Donald Trump actually taught me that when he came to Ottawa. Really? He taught the whole room. It wasn't just me, but yeah. not that I want to plug Donald Trump in any way. He did last week, too. Um, but as a real estate guy, legend, legendary, right? 
Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about Donald Trump. No. <laughs> no politics, we said. No politics. Maybe we'll have one episode about politics. Not a chance. Okay. No. No way. I'm not dealing with that backlash. Um, so I think that going on what you said, having that moment of clarity before you get into a meeting, and yes, at some points during a, you know, a real estate agent's day, especially in the spring, you know, as we get into this next couple months, it gets very busy. And it's, and it's very stressful because you're, you're bouncing from one meeting to the next and you're showing properties and you're trying to put out Instagram posts and you're trying to, uh, you know, contact everybody in your CMA. Well, you know what I mean? Like you're trying to, it's, it's a more of a, of a, you're really balancing a lot. And then of course your home life is different, but, um, having that little moment of clarity and just taking a minute to close your eyes and sort of have a small meditation is, is actually pretty, pretty good. And like you said, Go in like you've already bombed it. That's pretty good. Even though whoever whoever said it to you, we won't bring up again. But you know. well, it makes you a better person too, because we're all human. Yep. Like I'm constantly reminded. Oh, even today, my sister called me, and then she called Lawrence, and I could hear in the next room. She's like, "What's with him? It sounds like he's gonna have a stroke." <laughs> and Laura said, "Oh, he hasn't eaten." She said, "Oh, he's hangry." And I'm and I always think it's not just me; it's everybody. Yes, I hit a wall eventually where I don't eat and I'm I don't have the um, capacity to be my best self so I think even having that moment of clarity you become a better person because you're like okay I'm aware I guess it's awareness you walk yep. in with awareness yeah I like that it's uh yeah and I think that also having um yeah take it take, like I, I, you keep coming back to get, getting after your sister so maybe we won't do that again but uh just kidding. Um, oh, she was right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Sarah. Sorry. Um, so, like, I like uh, this is another kind of analogy that I went to is being relentless. So you show up with a purpose and dedication. Uh, your improvement and results matter, and you take action. So, you know, improving yourself every day um, is so important, especially with our business. I find that uh, if you don't adapt with what's going on in the market if you don't adapt if you don't know the answers if you're not prepared you get left behind right like i mean you 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 you've probably like you've brought up some stories in the last couple of days about you know having a listing appointment but if you had those numbers prepared before you went in as opposed to and you had somebody do it but they didn't quite do it what like you would have done it mm -hmm. and then you didn't get that listing mm -hmm. isn't that the story we we kind of talked about yesterday somewhat yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're not gonna tell it <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you just got to do your own research. You yeah. can't expect someone else to, even if they do it uh, perfectly, you haven't gone through it. So yeah. if you're going through it for the first time in front of the client, it's obvious, but also your confidence level is down. I think it's all confidence. So if you, again, take that moment to go through it before you go in the door, um, you're more confident You're and you're more aware because you're not worried about learning it while they're staring at you. Yeah. Um, when I show a house, I bring a cheat sheet. Sometimes sometimes it's my own listing, and I got to look and say, okay, five bedrooms, taxes are 12000 It was built in uh, 2022. The price is this. So I'll, I'll memorize quickly those the bullet points, yeah. key points, and yeah. then when they walk in, they hit me with those questions. It's bang, 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 taxes. Oh, 12 five. Yeah. Well, this guy knows his stuff. Well, I just learned it 
30 seconds and go home. It's true. It's worth it. And well, with your experience that comes too, because you've, you've dealt with a lot of people and you've talked the language for, uh, for so long that, um, you'll know what they're going to ask before the, you know, like well, the key ones anyway. Plus do do when you're in your forties, you print off a sheet. If you're in your twenties or thirties, you'd be like, Oh, I got it on my phone. But then when the client shows up and you're looking at your phone, they don't know what you're doing. They think you're sending a text to a friend as opposed to looking up the info. So that's I think, right. I think don't have your head in your phone when your client's there. No, God, no. Uh, it's it's something that I find people do a lot, and and I think it's so disrespectful to people's time if you're having a discussion with them um, and say you don't know the answer. You can always say, "I'll get back to you on it." Yeah. You know. And don't pick up your phone and go in it for five minutes to figure out what the taxes are because you have to log into Matrix and whatever else. Which is terrible. Yeah, it's awful. Um, so, like, like where and the funny line here, too, is in a world where there's so much information available, what's the possible reason for doing less and doing it more slowly? What do you think of that? What's the possibility for doing things? Like what's the possible reason for doing less and doing it more slowly? There's no, there's none. There's none? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of a trick question. Um, yeah, you just, you, and at work, you're not really wanting friends, although, you know, we're obviously becoming friends and such, but you want allies. You want somebody that you yeah. can kind of, right? Like, I find that, in, and not just, in, I think you can be friends with people in your own brokerage, and you're going to meet people that you, you jive with, but I think what, I, what that line means for me is working with other people in the industry, like, as a realtor in Ottawa, not, not, not going after one brokerage in particular or any brokerage, I think just all as professionals, we should all be allies, you know, because in the end you're listing a house and I'm bringing a buyer. We should really kind of have a discussion that, you know, like that works for both sides and not be, you know, you want, you want the win for your client, but you also want to bring the deal together, right? Because it's going to make your client happy and it's going to make your client happy as opposed to, you know, I hate this agent or I don't want to deal with that one or whatever. Um, some I could deal with, like I don't need to deal with, but that's because of their attitude, you know. I think that I always want to perform as a, a professional, but also provide really, be really courteous with the person I'm dealing with. Would you think that that's a good way to go about it? Or Oh, yeah, I always say that. I think, um, if, you know, there's a lot of realtors, so there's going to be a lot of personalities, and there's a lot of um, personalities you don't like. There's a lot of, uh, um, I don't get this probably don't but uh, I always say to a younger agent that just started you're gonna hear oh well, I've been doing this for 20 years or whatever and uh, I used to tell a young guy that worked for me because he looked really young younger than he was and I said you're gonna hear that a lot and when they say you know I've been doing this a long time I said just passively aggressively like uh, insult them and say oh that's funny I've never heard of you so anyway <laughs> move on <laughs> but uh, I just think it's uh, I hear it yeah, people throw that in there. It's like, and I think that to myself, I actually haven't heard of you. So just because you've been doing this a long time doesn't mean you've been doing it well. That's right. And and maybe you should consider brushing up on some of your skills because we mentioned some yeah. of those people last time. Yeah, exactly. And why? Uh, what does it matter? Thank but you. on the flip side of that, by all means, be you're not going to change them. So why get into the argument? They're yeah. like, well, are you going to prove them right and change their life? No. So. Um, keeping it positive and uh, getting along with everybody has served me tremendously. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's nobody that really says anything bad about you. Um, nice. And Pat was the same way. Um, nobody says a bad thing about that guy. He's been doing it for 50 years. So not to toot his horn, but um, yeah, right? why not? Yeah. I like tooting <laughs> his horn. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and you are who you are. Excellence, excellence is lonely. I like that line. Uh, you can't conquer your fears, but you can own them. You versus you, and no one will ever know how hard you work to be that good. No one's going to know. Like, so kind of the, everybody sees the, the success, but nobody knows what it took to get there, right? Yeah, excellence is lonely. Like, it's lonely at the top. Yeah. Yeah, I like Dre's line, though. At the top, it isn't lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you brought up Dr. Dre. <laughs> you could, uh, He's right. You could bring it up. I mean, you look at it both ways. It is lonely because you got to push the people aside who aren't on board, and you got to you're alone all the time. And and it's um, even your loved ones are trying to talk you down without knowing it because they're saying it's not all about money, or you're working too much, or your life. You know, you got to enjoy your life. But when you make it to the top, they'll all be right there. That's right. So it's very true, and maybe you don't want them there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's a good line. Uh, even though Dre is a, he's an ass. By the way, he's very introverted. He's an introverted guy. Yeah, yeah, and analytical and spends hours. They keep the kids. It was funny because if you watch that um, documentary that there, it was called uh, the Defiant Ones. It's uh, Jimmy Ivey and well, are we talking about Doctor Dre? Did I say Dre? Yeah, it's a Drake line. Is it a Drake? I might have said Drake, yeah. Oh, either way, I like Dr. Dre better. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was to give Drake oh, credit. Hey, what's up, Drake? That. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, but uh, it is, it, you're, he's, you know, started from the bottom. Are we here? Now we're here? Is that the song yeah. you're talking about? Okay, yeah. never mind. Anyways, the, 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 you want to watch that documentary because Dr. Dre takes took 20 years to write his, the album after he wrote, because um, he was writing that album for 20 years because he's so such a perfectionist, so... You got to think, okay, at some point you just got to let it, let it go. You know, like that's the thing also with people that post on, worry about posting on Instagram or, or making a video on TikTok is they think about it so much. And to be honest, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's all you, right? Like, yeah, I've realized that. I had to okay one today that Hayden sent me and I, you know, people don't always love watching themselves, uh, themselves or they find something wrong but i just tell them yeah it looks great whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah just put it out because it doesn't matter yeah as long as you're giving some information i mean you have a that one video that has over three million views is like it's like Sorry, it, 10 million is it 10 million now <laughs> nice well eight on uh facebook reels and three on tiktoks so okay my, combined, ba- my, same video my bad my bad uh fair enough uh but the funny thing about that video is it's about uh like just a, a room in the house yeah, it's surprising. Yeah. I, I I can't explain it, and I wish we could figure that out as to why or how. But and so so you, so you could do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I think that uh, what we should move on to now is proving your value. I'm talking about discount brokerages. Mm. Um. Yeah, proving your value to a uh, client that you're listing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we sort of touched on that briefly when we talked this morning or earlier today. Um, but maybe before we get to that, I just want to touch on all these myths. Sure. And, uh, and not, not to knock, uh, anyone and, and if it works for them, but there's a lot of myths in real estate. And one of them is the, um, uh, what did I mention? 
booked and the uh, you know list with us. And if it doesn't we'll buy sell, it. we'll buy your house. A certain amount of days, we'll we'll buy it. Um, uh, Craig Proctor is the one who designed that. I believe he came up with that, and uh, he's taught people here that. And uh, as a younger, a lot younger agent uh, at the time, I went to see him in Toronto, and he explained how that works. So basically the fine print for him was if you list your house with me and it doesn't sell, we drop it three times, I think he said. And then after that last drop, the fine print is he could buy it 20% lower than that final drop. Oh, but you would also have to upgrade to one of his listings. So who's selling their house on a fire sale only to buy a more expensive home? And what are the chances it's going to be in your inventory? So nobody qualifies. So I put up my hand, and there's a thousand people in the room. But I was so intrigued, interested yeah. as to what his answer would be. I said, out of all your years in real estate, selling 500 homes a year in Markham while you're sitting in Florida, um, and I have uh, respect for you, Craig Proctor, but I'm just I'm putting it out there. It's, this is you told a thousand people. I'm telling twenty or whoever's listening. <laughs> well, three for sure. <laughs> I said, uh, throughout your entire career, how many homes have you purchased using this gimmick? He said, one. And I said, exactly. I thought I had cracked the code and yeah. proven him wrong. And he said, uh, I said, I can't use this in Ottawa. Everyone will think I'm a sham, and I would be. He said, uh, yeah, but it makes the phone ring. And he's right, because I've explained that to clients. They're like, well, I'm going to list with someone who does that here, and I'll explain it. And they'll say, yeah, but I like the security. Oh, oh, what's the security? There is no security. And I also think agents like to use it because um, it makes them sound like a big shot. Yeah. You know, oh, look at that guy. It's top says if he doesn't sell the house in five days, he'll buy it. This guy's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he must have deep pockets. Yeah. And How many houses that. did he buy? He must own 150 doors. Could anyway, you? Yeah. That one bugs me. I know. Uh, I, 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 I let I, that one go for. Years, yeah, yeah. When did you see Proctor? Like Tony? No, it doesn't uh, matter. It, you're right, though. Uh, I think that, but you also showed the the good side of it is that the phone does ring. But really, there's no value there. There's real nothing, really. Well, it's a marketing gimmick, and yeah. it's exactly what it is: is a gimmick to make the phone ring. And and some people, probably many, have uh, gained some success from it. So if it works, it works. And if that's your thing, that's your thing. I think for you and I, it's not our thing. No. Don't think you want it fast or you want it if you want it fast and cheap then it won't be good you want it good and cheap it won't be fast you yes. want it good and fast it won't be cheap yes james yeah so Very true like, yeah so like like discount brokers just don't care about the final price they just care about making money and moving on mm-hmm. right i mean in the end i care about and you care let's get the you 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 constantly talk about top sale in this area top sale in this area but that's because that's what you want you want to have the top sale it's not just for it's more for your clients to walk away with the most money or if you're on the buying end getting the best deal that they can and if they paid a little more for a house that they really loved what like there's no problem with that people think about the short term but what as what we have to do is show them the long term it's like in 10 years you paid five grand more than you wanted to What's that five grand going to be worth to you when you live here for 10 years in the area you want to live? Is it going to be worth $500 a year? Yes. Yeah, or, or achieving the top sale um, uh, 
going back to value. Well, why should, oh, are you going to list my house? Well, how much is your commission? Well, it's, it's 5% or maybe because you're an engineer at six. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the extra ones, the extra ones just for analytics. Well, let's say it's five. Yeah. Uh, and they say, well, so-and-so will do it for four. And so it's nice to say, yeah, but so-and-so doesn't have the highest sale and the okay. highest sale before that and the highest sale before that. So there's my value. Yeah, exactly. Or there's our value. Maybe that sale, you know, went to someone in the brokerage. Um, you could always use that. But I think that's where you get to the Greg Brady cut the bullshit. There's my value. Hammer drop. Greg the Hammer Brady. That's right. Um, because you have the uh, clout to ask for it. You're worth it. If I'm starting out, I've never sold a $3 million house. Sure, I'll do it for less. But my value isn't there. So you want to pay me 2%? Yeah, I'll take it because that's probably what I'm worth. Yeah. And I yeah. only know that if I pull it off. It's another fascinating thing is, well, I'm paying you. You're not paying me anything. That's the thing. This off. Yeah. You have, you have to prove. That's a good thing about also our businesses. You actually have to prove it and you have to do the, the job to get paid. There's no, like, I'm not holding a retainer, you know, like you could, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can't, you can't charge me by the hour, you know, cause I don't have an hourly wage because I don't have it's proof is in when I sell your house, that's when you pay me. That's the value. But if in the fascinating sort of cut you off, oh, no, I just a thought and I lose them quick. <laughs> um, if you, uh, if you spent time, energy and money on someone's house and usually their price is higher than yours and you might take it and you do all that and they called you on weekends and evenings and said, what are you doing to sell my house, James? You're a no good son of a, and then yeah. you're in your, well, I put your ad here and I paid for this and I paid for that. And, and you did all these things and then say it doesn't sell. It's funny because you're a son of a bitch in their eyes and you feel like a failure, but you've done all that on your own free will. No one paid you for that. Exactly. So that's always uh, But discount brokerages. There's no work. There's no resources. There's no marketing. There's no nothing. Like, yeah, you get just, what you pay for. That's right. Like, that's why, like, going, oh, go with the 1%. But that guy, that, that guy works till 5 p.m. And, you know, the best thing you've said before to me is, like, you know, I'm taking phone calls at 10 p.m. on a Friday at, at Angelina's here in Manatech, or you're at home, or you're, you know, changing a diaper, whatever. You're taking that call because that's, that's the job. And, yeah. Same with a brokerage. Well, I can go work at this brokerage. They charge basically nothing. Yeah, and they do nothing. That's right. And you say, so you, so you, for the extra two points, I'm going to get that all back for you. I'm going to market it so well that you're going to get more eyes on the property and you're going to get more people in it. And then you're going to actually get more money in the end. And I'll pay up all, all the upfront costs. I'll pay for it. Like you said, it's, you know, I'm taking the risk in the sense that I'm paying to market it here, put it in this newspaper, put it online, boost it on this. And, you know, sending out flyers around the area and doing open houses. And this is all precur a precursor to you finally paying me at the end. Yeah. Um, you want to work with somebody who's incredibly incentivized, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not about, I don't know. I'm so incentivized that I, I know that I, that's the best part about my job. There's no ceiling of how much I can make. Um, and there's no, no ceiling on how many people I can help. It's all about, you know, the, being incentivized to know that I'm, I believe so much in myself and my abilities in this business that I'm going to make that commitment to you and you're going to make a commitment because you made a commitment to me. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to do my best, you know? Yeah. And of course, sometimes it doesn't work out and then it goes to the next person. Of course, they sell it in a week because you've had it marketed for a month and or three months or four months or whatever. Um, 
So like I meant like because of my in- being in- incentivized, if you don't like the number in your pocket, don't sell it. Right? Like you you know, you, you don't like the number that comes, then don't sell. I tell people um lately more than ever I sort of see them struggling with the commitment of signing the paper. And I'll say like if you're or, or you're coming up with a, a list price and they're uncomfortable with going below a certain amount because they want to leave a uh, some room in there for negotiating. So I'll tell them, you know, if I if I bring you full asking or if I bring you awfully close or whatever, like you don't have to take it. And this will be controversial because there's a, a precedent-setting case that uh, I think actually is has come to fruition, but where someone sued uh, for not being able to buy a house because they offered them everything they wanted. But if if that turned out to be factual, that they had a case, then you could argue all these houses that sold for over-asking would, would open up a whole Pandora's box. So when I tell them that, you know, if I bring you anything I do with my own time and resources is just to create an opportunity for you. If you don't want to take that opportunity, it's your call. It's your house. There's no one holding a gun to your head. And then I also tell them that... Uh, I want them to sign the contract so we all agree it's on paper, it's a good way to do business. But if I'm not pulling my weight, which isn't going to happen, and they want out, I'll let them out. Yep. I wouldn't say, oh, no, you gotta, you're got you stuck with me for a year. Yeah, you can cancel any time. Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to work with that person. So what's, what's the risk in that? If someone has the, the, the credentials, someone's um, telling you what they're going to do, they're putting it in writing, there's no cost to you, and they're going to pull off your best case scenario, and you don't have to take it, even if you bring it. Any questions? Do you want to sign here? Sign like, here. Why, why sign here. You, yeah, why yeah. Wouldn't you take it? That's excellent, Chris. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can take that baby with me. Um, yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to sell. You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to pay me anything. Yeah. But yeah, like, like there's no risk. Um, and like I, I also add what I already said. I promise I can't charge you by the hour, even if I wanted to. Because we spend a lot of hours on this, we, we like you said, you worry at night. I worry at night. I've got you know, I've got listings that have been on the market a little longer than I anticipated, and you know, you worry about your clients, and you try and make sure. What am I doing here? What can I do here? Like, you know, um, you can sell me on anything with that. It's just um, changing your mindset on looking at commission based um, income or realtors in in general if other industries did it that way i would love it if the guy if the people who sell me this advertising said you know yeah these are expensive but if you buy 10 it's over 10 grand a month um if it doesn't bring you an extra 100 grand in uh, profit it's free i'd say yes to every every person that presented that to me on the phone yep it's only our industry that does it but but and then we're faulted for it. All the realtors, okay, really. <laughs> so, so we do this pro bono. We do it for free, unless we pull it off. We take a, a small portion, which you agree up front. But like, what other industry does that? None. Yeah, none. Zero. That's the right answer. Yeah, <laughs> with emphasis. Um, you know, it, it's it's great to you know core, like having core values is such a great like I love to amplify together, disrupt for the good, create for tomorrow, and like that's that's kind of another th- way of looking at it with um, with my mindset is you know I love the what we just chatted about, but it's so true that we we we're so I find that realtors and the great thing about it is you can be anybody 
in the industry, they all come from different backgrounds. You know, they're all different ethnicities. They're all different sexes. They're, there's no, everybody makes the same amount if you, if you want to, right? Like what you put your work into it and you actually provide something that's going to work for the, your clients, but we're all taking the biggest risks and we're all the most optimistic people in the world because we're, we're completely bu- buying into the fact that we're going to bring you value by selling your property and we appreciate the opportunity, but the risk is on us. And, you know, you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to grind my ass off to get you top dollar or get it for as cheap as possible. And, and I don't make anything unless you do something like that. Right. So I like, yeah. I like amplifying together, you know, lifting. Can I throw in another uh, realtor myth? Please do. Um, use us. We have 10,000 buyers waiting to buy a house. Could that be possible? No. They have 10,000 email addresses. As so if I, I would love to list my house and just interview these people, I'd say, if you have 10,000 buyers, then let's get rid of the asterisks on whether you'll buy my home if it doesn't sell in a matter of 30 days or whatever. But yeah. you've got 10,000 buyers. Yeah, you don't need to. So Not all these buyers. I mean, God. The reality is those aren't. Do I have to leave for the whole month so you can get them all in here? Those aren't buyers. They're emails that you've. It's yeah, you collected and and you probably don't have ten thousand. And if there's ten thousand, um, they don't even know who you are. So yeah, so yeah. Another misleading. I always feel it's bad to start off a, a deal or a relationship on a um, on a uh, falsehood, on a uh, on a lie or on a, a gimmick. You know, it's just a bad way to start. Yeah, it's very true. Another like what is it like another myth? Do you have another one? Well, I was giving you the floor there, and I totally uh, didn't uh, think of one, but I yeah, can think yeah. of one, I'm sure. Yeah, I could probably get one, too. Um, or a, a, a funny, uh, I always laugh at, uh, use us, we do free estimates, or free um, uh, evaluations. I go, oh, wow, they do free evaluations. <laughs> I should use them. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. think any other realtor does that. Every realtor does that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's free until we do it, actually. Um yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of guilty of that one too. Like, I'll always say, yeah, like, I'll definitely come by and evaluate home. And oh, what does that cost? Oh, it's free. It's free. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't say I'll bring, come by and give you a free evaluation. I say, let me come see the house, and then I do a whole thing, right? Um, yeah, it's uh, and then dealing. I find I find builders like so dealing with builders, and we had we had that inf- interesting situation last year, which didn't go our way and that happens. But uh, the funny thing what, with builders is their egos are the biggest, right? I find that like their egos are so big and they're always looking for that cheaper deal. And, you know, thankfully we kind of got out of that situation because our value was high and they're, you know, it was just, they're just all looking for something cheap, you know, and, and I don't think that that's the right method. If you're going to, wouldn't you wouldn't you pay a little bit more if I got it done right the first time instead of doing it like three or four or five times and then you're all of a sudden you're four or five months later and it had you listened to me at the beginning I would have we would have been moved like you already have the money in your pocket you know I think some builders uh, uh, respect that you know they yeah. have to go through uh, they probably have to go through that experience a few times but I think some of them respect it. Uh, I got another uh, a gimmicky thing is um, everyone's number one. 
in some capacity. Yeah, so, that's a good one. Yeah. So it's easy to run some sort of stat where you're number one. I saw some real. I'm the number one born in October. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said we're the number one online marketing team, which I don't know how you know that or gauge that. Um, John tells a story about, you know, when he worked his butt off and became number one and then was really thrilled to tell his first listing client when he finally achieved it and they laughed at him and he was almost upset and they said, he said, what are you laughing at? And they said, well, John, everyone's number one. Yeah. And he's right. No one cares. And uh, what made me think of that is when I told that Proctor story, when I left that meeting, I remember looking um, off to my right and there was a bus bench sign of an Asian couple and they were kind of making fun of their own last name and they said use us we're number one but spelt w-o-n like their last oh, name oh nice <laughs> nice so i thought that was, was gimmicky clever. but good. Yeah, yeah well they were kind of laughing at themselves which is always good yeah i like that um uh, you know and the other thing too that we bring is is you know we talked a bit about it last time but really removing the emotion is is so important because emotionally you you'll walk away from something even because you love that say you love your home and you've watched the market and the market went up since you've been you know bought it in 2010 you've you've doubled your money and you know you know what it's worth and you you know you're getting 95 percent more than what you paid for it um say at the end of the day and you, but you want 100 percent, and you know we kind of break it down numbers and you know you kind of talk them off of the fact that they they you know well, what about this house sold for this, this house sold for that? And it's like, well, this house isn't that, right? And I think that that's part of obviously paying 2.5% to a, to a listing agent is uh, is really kind of painting the picture of why they should take that money because, you know, who knows what the market's going to do. Here's money in your hand, right? Uh, and you're making, in, in what business do you make 50% returns in three years or anything, really? Yeah, well, it's their house. They can decide what they want to do. But I think we talked about the line in the sand and where that comes from is sometimes based on ridiculousness. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, Grant Cardone doesn't believe in home ownership when he's made himself a billionaire from purchasing real estate, but income property. Yeah, we often see him on um, reels and stuff where he's talking about how it's not wise to own your own home which I find funny. I don't agree with it. I mean, I agree with his concept of income property and cash flow and all those things, but he rents like, why wouldn't I mean, for him? It doesn't matter, but for someone else, how many people do you know that have struggled their whole life, lives, lives, if they're a couple or life, if they're not. <laughs> and then, uh, finally with this increase in the market became millionaires on their residential home. So if they had rented the whole time, I guess his concept is they would have invested in uh, income property. But but you know that a residential home uh, goes up more than a income property as far as total value or quicker. So um, I don't agree with it, but there's a lot of things out there that have um, some weight to them, but they're not hard and fast rules. Yeah, agreed. It's... Uh yeah, it, it, people are getting wealthy in the fact that they c then they can go rent after they sell their matrimonial home for a million bucks more than they paid for it and 
live an easy life, you know, like how rental property. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't sometimes, but again, that like the thing with real estate, there's no like cookie cutter way to do it. Like there, there certainly are methods that work better than others, but you know, say you got a Grant Cardone who, yeah, I've got a, I paid for, I got a jet and I've got this and I bought this and you know, it's like, I like Grant Cardone. I listen to him too, but, um, to say that to, to the average walk of life person whose dream is to own a home, uh, and, you know, build a life there and have a family and, or maybe not have a family and just have a place that they can work or they can do whatever and then sort of pay down a mortgage. And then all of a sudden they, you know, we see a blip in the market where it goes up, Hey, it went up 52% since 2019. And, um, well, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, it sounds glamorous. And, uh, I remember having some, uh, more income properties than I do now as a younger guy and always being in debt, always having to write a check for something. One of my clients said that to me in the past few years, who's a, a buddy of mine. And I said, yeah, you're the only one who's ever said that, you know, it's great to have doors, but it's always, you always are paying for something. Yeah. So uh, I'm not trying to be pessimistic or say that I'm, I'm totally on board for buying income property. I'm just saying, it's not as uh, easy as it uh, sounds, but nothing is that's worth doing. I was getting my hair cut yesterday, not for this podcast. Looks good. But <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, a friend of mine who cuts my hair was saying, should I give my money to um, these guys that do um, second mortgages? And I was like, well, what are they telling you? He's like, oh, they'll give me 10% and there's no risk. So I said, well, I don't know those guys, but uh, there's always risk. And if someone... At 10%, you're at a high-risk mortgage uh, that you're funding. And if that person decides not to pay, and usually they're less responsible, I'm not being judgmental here, but statistically, if they're paying 10%, it's because they've done something in the past, yep. and they're paying for it now. So if they walk, it does. those guys aren't cutting you a check for your 10%. Now you're in a legal battle, and this guy's just disappeared. Yeah. So your money's tied up for could be years. And then all you have to do go on is the trust of these guys. Plus paying are, lawyers. Yeah, yeah. So it, that's, it's nothing's as cut and dry as it seems. Yeah. You everybody really do your homework. Get rich quick. Kind of everybody has that mentality, yeah. even if they don't right? Um, nobody, you know, long-term game, uh, facts tell stories sell. Right. So and again, uh, I'm not saying second mortgages are a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's really, it really is. But, getting involved with the wrong people or not doing your due diligence would be a mistake. Yeah. Have same, a great same. lawyer who, who describes, explains all this stuff to you. That's right. Yeah. And that's worth the money too. Right. Yes. Like again, people trying to do it on the cheap, it might not pay out. You'll be paying more later. It's the same with listing with a person that say they come in after you do your listing appointment. And, you know, you give them the data and you give them the right price point and then somebody comes in and obviously says, well, we'll do it for $100,000 more. Yeah. Another myth, by the way. Uh, and they, you know, I, they call, they'll call you, well, this guy's going to do it for 100000 more, so we're going we're gonna to list with him. I said, you know, I could have told you any price. I could have said your, your $700,000 home is worth a million bucks. And then all of a sudden we list the property at a million dollars and six months later we're at 700,000 finally, or you, you know, you've moved on to the next agent or maybe you called me after you worked with the other guy. Mm -hmm. And you know, you have to realize that 
I'm basing it all on numbers and all on data and the facts. And this person is coming in and doing it simply to get their name on it. And they're going to do anything to get your listing as opposed to, so they're in it for them, whereas I'm in it for you. You know, I think that that, and again, if they want to do, they want to list their house with that for a million bucks when it's worth 700,000, that's their call. But you're not going to sell the house. There's going to be no showings. There's going to be no reason. Well, I think right? the major part is they probably don't care or believe you or realize that you're in it for them. But, uh, um, you know, again, statistically, not that I'm a huge stats guy, but I keep saying this, um, if you list your house for a million bucks and it's worth 700, you're not going to sell it for 700. You're going to sell it for 580 because you dropped and dropped and dropped, finally got to 700, which it would have been worth when you first listed it, but now it's got a stigma and no one wants it. So they buy it for 580. Whereas if you listed it for 700, you probably would have sold it for 680 yep. or 700 depending on the market. But listing it right out of the gate sells for the most money as opposed to stretching the, pushing the envelope just a little too high and then, getting it and that's the have that conversation probably every listing because everyone wants to list just a little bit higher i'll say well why you, you saw your neighbor was a i asked you if you've been in that house you said it was nicer but you want more yeah but our new build's going to cost us more one guy years ago in a condo it's more cut and dry because they're all the same right and the guy kept pushing the number i said well how can you justify asking that much more than the exact same model that just sold last month he said well, I want an Audi. <laughs> I said, well, can I tell my clients that? <laughs> the seller wants to buy a new Audi, so here's want what, yeah. 60K more than the last sale. That's right, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's all about them. It's always tricky. Yeah, the, that's us. That's our job, it's painting the picture for that person to take their mind off of them and then look from the the mirror, right? Well, like that's that's good for this week, eh? Well, race by. I know. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, have a great week, everybody, and thanks for listening, and... Keep listening. We're going to keep going. Thanks, James.